this podcast from Jubilee Church Derby, a church family looking to make a difference across the city of Derby and beyond. This is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations, and you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Well, good morning. Happy New Year. It's great to see you. Uh, for those who don't know me, my name's Graham. I'm part of the team that leads Jubilee. It's really good to have you with us this morning. Thank you for being here. Thank you for coming back after a, uh, <coughs> a week's break. Uh, particularly if you're visiting us this morning, really good to have you uh, with us. Christmas seems a long time ago, doesn't it? Was it just me? I know it was last year, but I mean, it just, just seems like a long time ago. Um, but uh, huge thanks to those of you who made our Christmas services possible. Had uh, three great Christmas services this year, our carol service, our family service, and uh, our Jubilee Unplugged. I think we ended up calling it on, uh, on, on Christmas Eve. Uh, so uh, thank you to all of you who were involved in helping uh, run those things and make them happen. Really, really thrilled with them. And uh, I actually have started thinking about Christmas services this year. Is that a little bit early? Yeah. Okay, it's a little bit early. We won't have any planning meetings quite yet, but uh, <clears throat> really thrilled with, uh, with, with, uh, with last year. So thank you for those of you who were involved in that. And then while we're talking about some diary things, actually there are some really exciting things coming up before Christmas this year. So it's just some things that you might want to take note of or... Uh, have in your mind so that you know they're coming up. Naomi uh, has already talked about the prayer meetings this week, which is great. Thank you for doing that very well. But some other things coming up <coughs> in Jubilee life as well. Next Sunday, so that's the 14th of January, we'll be sending the Burton Church plants. Wow! How cool is that? So we have got to the stage where... We're ready to send the Burton guys uh, off down the A38, ready for their own Sunday meetings. So next Sunday, we'll be praying for them, sending them, laying hands on and commissioning um, <clears throat> them for what God has got for us together in Burton. And it very much is us together. So it's not them and us, or not them and us, if you're looking at it from the Burton perspective, but actually this is us and us together planting into Burton and advancing God's kingdom. So we very much want to pray into that and pray for that and pray for everybody involved in that uh, next Sunday. I'll talk more about it next Sunday uh, and what it will mean for us and what it will mean for uh, the folk in Burton as well. But next Sunday morning, that's what we're going to be doing. <clears throat> and uh, then the Sunday after, they've got like a trial Sunday morning uh, just to sort of get used to doing a Sunday morning gig and uh, making sure the venue works and all those sort of things. Uh, and then the, the sort of the public start, if you like, is at, is at the end of the month. So lots for us to pray into there, uh, but next Sunday, very important time for us as we, as we pray and send. So please do be here then. Uh, and then a couple of uh, a Wednesday nights uh, for your diary as well. 24th of January, 
If you're a member of Jubilee Church, we're going to be having a church members family meeting on the 24th of January. And uh, we're talking about uh, leadership and eldership specifically in the church. And then on Wednesday, the 28th of February, so that's the last Wednesday uh, of February in the next month, we've got a midweek meeting. Uh, Jeremy Simpkins, uh, Jeremy and Anna can be with us on that Wednesday night as well. Uh, so there won't be any life groups that week. Uh, please do put those dates in your diary. We'll be talking more about them over the coming weeks. We just want to flag up the dates for you so that you know that they're coming. <coughs> One more date for your diary. August Bank Holiday Weekend, what's happening? Devoted, Devoted is back. And uh, we're, we're going as a church to this, uh, the Devoted Events, the festival. It's going to be at the Staffordshire Showground this year. So not that far from us, dead easy to get to. It's going to be a great weekend uh, there together. I want to encourage you to book in. To get the best price, you need to book in before the end of this month. Okay, so these flyers are on the table just outside. You can grab one of those. Everything you need to know is online, devotedevent.org. And uh, very special guests we're being joined by this year. So Lou Fellingham's leading worship again. Andy and Hazel Robinson, who are known to many of us, are going to be with us. Uh, Andrew Wilson <coughs> is, uh, is also speaking, hoping to have uh, Rachel, his wife, with us as well. We'll uh, no nearer the time on that, but Andrew certainly will be with us uh, and, uh, and preaching over the weekend, looking forward to hearing from him. So do get a date in your diary, August Bank Holiday Weekend. It's going to be an excellent weekend. As ever, obviously, we can, we can guarantee the weather, obviously, because we can do that over August Bank Holiday Weekend. There will be weather, okay? And uh, it'll be a great time uh, camping together, so please do book in for that. And uh, we're going to camp Burton and Derby together, so it'll be a together event for us as well. So we're looking forward to that weekend. Hope you can join us <coughs> for that as well. And one more thing to get into before we uh, open God's Word together is uh, I know a number of you have been asking about what's happening about the building. Good question. And uh, just a recap, uh, before Christmas we were praying about a building opportunity that had come uh, our way in the city, and uh, we were, were praying and asking God about that. We have put an offer in, we did that before Christmas, and uh, the latest is that all the offers have been submitted to the vendors, that's the people selling the property, and they haven't yet made a decision. So therefore, I think we can still pray, because it's not a no, it's not a yes, but it's still, we don't know yet. So that's where we're at with it. So uh, again, that'll be something to pray into, I think, this week in our week of prayer and fasting. Um, a number of offers were received. We do, we do know that. Uh, all of those have been, been put forward to the vendor. So I think let's still pray. <clears throat> still pray for God's favour and his hand on us. We still think this will be a great facility for us uh, in the city and enable us to do a whole lot more than we're doing already as well. So we do believe it's a great opportunity just asking God if he's in this. Uh, we've done, I think, all we can do other than pray. And we have prayed lots, but we can still pray more. So please do be praying, particularly this week. And uh, we'll, we can let you know more <coughs> once, we, uh, once we know. In fact, why don't we pray now? That would be good, wouldn't it? Why don't we stand together? <coughs> Thank you. 
Perhaps we can just lift our voices together. And uh, let's be asking for favour on our offer and that God would open up this facility to us for, for his kingdom and for his kingdom advance in this city and serve in the communities of this city and beyond. God, we thank you for the amazing um, faith that was displayed by the the membership of Jubilee and the giving for that that you know that pledge, Lord God. Um, we know that you you love to honour faith like that, Lord God. We know that um, you know even as a church, we we have a there is a track record of you you honouring faith like that, mm. Lord God. Our prayer is that you would just grant this for us, Lord God, um, you know, that we would be able to boast in it, to boast in the fact that you made the seemingly, um, you know, out of reach possible, Lord God, and that um, by meeting in that building, we would be able to just grow your kingdom in Derby and serve the community well. Mm. Um, Lord yes, God, we, we pray that, you know, I, I just said to Naomi just at the front here that that is absolutely mad that they haven't made a decision yet, Lord. We... We know that there are some great offers on the table, um, and Lord God, I pray that you would, um, yeah, you would just influence their decision that we would be able mm. to meet there, yes, Lord, Lord. Amen. Amen. <coughs> Amen. Okay, do take your seats. Thank you, James. <coughs> so over the Christmas period, uh, I, I was reading, and I felt God speak to me out of Ephesians chapter 2. So if you've got a Bible with you, if you'd like to turn, please, to Ephesians chapter 2. So I'm hoping that many of you have got a Bible with you, uh, be it a, a printed version, old, sco- old, you know, old school style like this, or your electronic on your phone type device. This is not going to be a long or highly theological preach, but rather more of a devotional preach to start us off into, into 2018. So we're going to read some verses from Ephesians chapter 2. There's one particular verse that I want to home in on. Um, but it's always good to read things in context. So I'm not just going to read one verse, we're going to look at its setting, we're going to read its context and uh, see what God has for us. Does that sound all right? Happy with that? Okay, so Ephesians chapter 2, hoping you found it by now, reading from verse 1. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. 
and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. <clears throat> Great passage, isn't it? Really is just a wonderful passage. There's so much to, uh, to look at in that particular uh, section of Ephesians 2. There's so much we could home in on, so much we could take hold of or, or, or spend time on this morning. And um, you know, I, I love, for example, verse, verse 4, where, where Paul says, but, there's like this great scriptural but, you know, something's coming. But, because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Hallelujah. Oh, I, I saw always pause there, waiting, waiting for it. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Hallelujah. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. And, uh, and Paul goes on, <clears throat> talk about this grace. In verse 8 he says, For it's by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. So we've just celebrated Christmas, haven't we? We've just celebrated uh, the birth of Jesus. And uh, we do that by giving and receiving gifts. Here we have Paul describe the gift of God. Giving his son. It's the ultimate gift, isn't it? It's the ultimate gift that God gave us. He goes on, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So it's really that last verse that I want to home in on this morning, but it would be entirely wrong to inv- in, uh, ignore the other, other verses around it. See, the new year, I think, is a good time to remind ourselves about God's grace. Would you agree? Actually, any time is a good time to remind ourselves about God's grace, actually. But, you know, particularly as we start a new year, just to be reminded about the fundamental importance and centrality of the grace of God in your life as a Christian. Now, at this time of year, New Year's resolutions are often quite popular, aren't they? Anybody made a New Year's resolution this year? You're not a new, you know, some of you, some of you made some, made some resolutions. I'm not going not to ask you, ask you what they are. Now, I'm not saying they're a bad thing. They're not. But generally, they're about making fresh commitments to things, aren't they? Like to get healthy, to lose weight. You know, generally, they're about things that you need to do. Or sometimes they're about things you need to stop doing. <laughs> but the danger is when we take that thinking into our Christian life. Thinking that we somehow need to achieve something to be someone to earn our salvation. So let's make this really simple and, and really clear. You can't earn your salvation. It is a gift from God. It is by his grace. There's nothing that you can do that will make God love you more or indeed love you less. His salvation is provided for you as a gift. It's a gift of God. It's by his 
grace. <clears throat> and sometimes we can think, okay, well, yeah, we understand God's grace about providing a, a way back for our relationship with him, uh, for sending his son. Yeah, we, we, we get that by his grace. And then sometimes we think, well, that's, that, you know, that, that's got me into the Christian life. Now I've got to work hard and, and try hard. <clears throat> Actually, the Christian life should be a life of grace, shouldn't it? Be a lifestyle of grace. The way you grow as a Christian is by God's grace as well. The way on is the same as the way in. It's God's grace. It's God's grace that saves us and it's God's grace that enables us to grow in our relationship with him. And it's that that sustains us. You know, things like reading his words, praying, worshipping together, are, are, are all great. And they will strengthen us, and they will fuel us, and that will help us in our Christian life. But if we get into thinking of like, oh, well, if I, you know, if I read this more, or, or pray more, or worship more, or do whatever more, to somehow earn more of God's favour, we've missed the point. It's by his grace, isn't it? Does that make sense? Do you see? It's by his grace that he saves us and he sustains us. Not by works, so that no one can boast. It is the gift of God. Good works come as a result of being saved, not as a means to getting saved. Is that clear? Makes sense? You still alive out there? Excellent. Very good. Okay, so let's go on to talk about verse 10. That's what I thought God spoke to me about particularly. <clears throat> so just to recap it again. Verse 10 says this. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So firstly, we can be reminded that it's God who has created you. Psalm 139, verse 13 says this, For you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. You see, right before <clears throat> even you were born, God was involved in your design and creation. You are his handiwork. You are not an accident. You are the handiwork of God himself. Genesis 1 tells us that God saw all that he had made and he saw it was very good. God looks at you, think about this for a minute, God looks at you and likes what he sees because he made you. He created you and he's thrilled with his creation. And sometimes we can look at ourselves, we can look at ourselves in the mirror, and are we always thrilled with what we see? Sometimes we're not, are we, if we're honest? Sometimes we can look in the mirror, okay, I'll make that me. Sometimes I can look in the mirror, and I can see a slightly enlarging waistline and a slightly, only slightly receding hairline. I know you wouldn't see that, obviously, but I can, I can see that sometimes. Maybe you look in the mirror and, and you see something. But listen, God looks at you and he's delighted with what he sees. Because you are his handiwork, his creation. He loves you 
He has made you. We see more than that, as well as you being his creation. As a Christian, the Bible uh, tells us that we are now in Christ. You are now in Christ. It's a phrase that Paul uses elsewhere, like in Romans 8, for example, about being in Christ. You see, God looks at you, and you know what he sees? He sees the righteousness of Jesus. All the good things, all the perfection, all the righteousness, all the purity of his son. He looks at you and sees that. Because you are in Christ, hidden in him. Isn't that good? Isn't that amazing? Isn't that something to be thrilled about at the start of a new year? Some good news here. But Paul goes on in this verse in Ephesians uh, chapter 2 here to talk about your purpose. And he talks about how you've been uh, created in Christ, Christ Jesus to do good works. To do good works. But as we said earlier, good works won't save you, but they should come from you. They won't save you, but they should come from you. You see, you are designed for good works. You're designed to be a blessing to those around you. You are designed to be a conduit of God's love, to extend his kingdom to those around you to do good works. And Paul tells us here, the Bible tells us that God has prepared these in advance for us. So think about it for a moment. God has designed you for good works, to be a blessing to those around you, to extend his kingdom, to bring his love and his goodness and his grace to those that you interact with. And what's more, he has prepared them, got them ready for you to do. It's like he's been at work when you weren't looking. It's like, you know, you turned your back and suddenly God snuck in there, got some good works ready, you didn't know, but they're just, they're just there now, and they're prepared in advance for you to do. Even when you were asleep, God was at work getting some good works ready for you to do, for you to walk into. Maybe you've seen those cooking programs on television. You can, you can pick your favourite TV chef. They all do a, a similar way. But they've got some stuff prepared in advance, haven't they? So they show you what they're going to do and you see a picture of this great you know, creation of cake or whatever it might be that they're going to bake and they've got some ingredients there and it's like, here's one I prepared earlier. And suddenly this sort of picture cuts from this mixing bowl of gunk to this suddenly beautifully prepared cake. It's one they prepared earlier when you weren't looking, when, you weren't, you know, when the camera wasn't rolling. They were at work preparing something in advance. It's like God has been at work in your life preparing some things in advance. And that should give you immense confidence. Because the Bible tells us here that you're designed for these good works and that God has prepared them for you. He's set some things up for you, not to fail at, but to walk into and even, dare I say, enjoy. God has been 
at work. He's been getting some good works ready for you. <clears throat> now, just take a look around at the moment. Just take a look at the person to either side of you or, or behind or in front of you. Take a good look at them. They're different to you, aren't they? They're not the same person. They have different interests, different skills, different backgrounds. And you know what? The good works that God has prepared for you are different to the good works that God has prepared for the person sitting next to you or behind or in front of you. And the reason being is that God knows you. And he knows what are the best good works for you to walk into, even this week. And they're not the same as the person sitting to your left or right, or behind or in front of you. Because God has designed them just for you. It's like they've got your name on, not the other person's name on. He's got them ready for you to walk into today. So doesn't that give you some confidence? If you think about, wow, the creator, God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, has been at work without you knowing it, getting ready some good works for you to walk into, to do, to extend his kingdom, to be a blessing to those around you, to demonstrate his love and his goodness and his grace to others. So the question for us to land on this morning is this. What are the good works that God has for you? And how do you know? What are the good works that God has for you? And how do you know? Sometimes we can fall into the trap of thinking, well, I guess God would call me to do something, whatever it might be, that wouldn't particularly fit your interests or your passions or your skill set or your history with God or <clears throat> just would grate against everything that he's made you to be. I think, well, why would God do that? Why would he make you to be a particular person with particular interests and passions and skills and history with God and then try and make you do something that doesn't fit with that at all? Actually, God looks at you and takes note of your passions and history with him and your gifting. And he designs something to fit just into that. It's like, you know, have you ever seen those, those really quite intricate watches? I don't mean like a digital thing. I mean like old school, proper clockwork type Swiss handmade type watch with, you know, hundreds of miniature cogs in. You see those sort of things, and you look at it and think, wow, what design has gone into that? And it's like, <clears throat> it's like one of those, that God takes into account the design and what is already fitting together and what's going to be the perfect add-on to it. What is it that he's got for you, for you to walk into? So what are the good works God has for you, and how do you know? Well, let's be clear. To start with, he has some. He has some. For each of us, for all of you here this morning, God has been at work in advance and got some good works ready for you to walk into, to fulfill, to extend his kingdom, to be a blessing to those around you. He's already done that bit. But how do you find out? 
Is it an email that sort of pings up in your, your inbox at 7 o'clock in the morning going, okay, good works for today, are as follows. Is it a sort of heavenly text message saying, okay, well, it's the latest in a good works WhatsApp group. This is the, the list for today. It's not how it works, is it? What this does speak of, though, is an intimate relationship with our Father. It speaks of knowing and hearing, rather, and knowing the voice of the Father and knowing what he's up to, knowing what God is about. So how do you know? You know by listening. You know by him speaking. John tells us this about Jesus, John chapter 5. John says this, Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself He can do only what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. So for Jesus, he got his cue from what the father was doing. He got his cue from what he saw the father doing, and he went to do the same. Well, I would suggest, dear friends, that if that's good enough for Jesus, it seems like a pretty reasonable model for us to follow as well. Would you agree? You see, we could look around us and we would see massive needs. We would see many opportunities and probably be totally overwhelmed and not quite know where to go, where to start. So I found a good question to ask is this. Father, what are you doing today? Where are you at work? Where do you want me to be? And I found this as well. Maybe you have as well. God tends not to answer in shouts, but answers in whispers. Have you found that true in your life as well? God very often doesn't answer in shouts, but rather answers in whispers. And so my challenge to us this morning, friends, as we start a new year together, is to learn to recognise the whisper of God and to go with it. Learn to recognise the whisper of God and to go with it. That would be a pretty good goal for the year, wouldn't it? To greatly hear the whisper of God. And if already that's something that you're pretty in tune to and you can say, you know what, I'm good at hearing the whisper of God and I think that will be true of many of you. My question is this. What's your response when he whispers? What's your response when he whispers? Is it always to go with it? Is it always to go, ah, yeah, I'm going to step into that? Or is it to ignore that? I couldn't possibly be be God. I don't see how that would fit into today or whatever whatever excuse you might put on it. I think for each of us here this morning, we've got something we could grow in and step into this year. Be it learning to recognise and hear the whisper or whether it be to, when we've heard it, to act on it. There's a, a church leader I know from uh, elsewhere in the UK, and uh, I often spent some time with him, and he's talked about <clears throat> various things that, that he's done and um, different churches that he's served in, in different nations. And uh, I was asking him once about, <clears throat> well, how does he know to go and minister this particular 
group of churches in, a, in another nation. It was like, well, God, God just told me to you know, fly to this particular, get the, I think it was fly to this particular city and then go to this particular train station and just wait underneath the clock at a certain time. And so off he goes. That's, that's what his instructions are. You know, it's not like he's set up a load of meetings. If it was me, I'd want a whole email trail and some meetings arranged and know what was going on in my diary. He just hears God. Oh, no, God told me to, to go to this place and uh, go to this train station and wait underneath the clock at a particular time. And so I did. And he gets there and unsurprisingly, somebody comes up to him and says, ah, we've been waiting for you to come. We've been praying that God would send someone. And he told us to come here at this time and this date and you're here, so God must be in this. And I'm like, wow. That's a whisper of God, isn't it? For most of us, our whispers are, how about speak to that person in the train carriage opposite you? Or the person in your office? Or your next door neighbour? Or... How about minister God's love to that person over there or show some grace and some concern? But for him, it's, you know, fly to this other city, <laughs> wait underneath a clock in a railway station for the person that he'll send. Now, these are stories that I've read of in books, and this is a guy that I'm having coffee with, thinking, you know what, God still speaks like that. But he only gets stories like that because he's learnt to hear the whisper. And he's learned to be obedient to the whisper. So I wonder, dear friends, what do you think God might do in your life and in the life of those around you if we learn to hear the whisper of God and be obedient? What do you think God might do this year? Who do you think he might bless? How do you think his kingdom might advance? Who might get added in, saved this year? Who might go away with a totally different and fresh understanding of God's love and God's grace? Maybe this year, 2018, is the year of the whisper of God and being obedient to it. (coughs) Are you up for that? Why don't we stand together? I'm going to pray. Adam and Rach, perhaps you guys could come back as well, please. Thank you. I'm going to pray, and then perhaps we'll worship together and see if the Lord wants to do anything else as well. Heavenly Father, thank you that we are your handiwork. Thank you that you created us in Christ Jesus to do good works. And thank you that you have prepared them in advance for us to do. And Lord, for each of us, we pray that this year we would grow in learning to hear your whisper and grow in stepping out when you speak. Father, I pray that you give us stories of learning to be obedient to you and being amazed at what you would do around us. Thank you that you are at work. Thank you that you are at work in our neighbourhood. Thank you that you are at work in this city. Thank you that you are at work in Burton. Thank you that you are at work in this nation and the nations. 
And Lord, we give you ourselves at the beginning of this year and say, Lord, would you use us to extend your kingdom this year? Would you use us to be a blessing to those around us? Would you use us to hear your voice and to step into all that you've prepared for us to do? We ask it, please, in Jesus' name. Amen. listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk and come along on any Sunday morning.